1: let some Happier times. Well, maybe happier times are ahead. We shall see. Rich and dear with you till 8 o'clock, till Boomers football show. And we got Chris at the controls. Eddie Erzumann coming in a little bit later. Our telephone number 877-337-6666. And as you would imagine, we have open lines at this time of the morning. Oh, boy. Last night, there was a void in my life. <laughs> no baseball. And, you know, we're used to it. We 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 go from basically late March until now, and we have baseball every night. You know, the All-Star break, okay. We have a little bit of a break there. But otherwise, it was baseball. And if you're not watching the local teams, you know, you'll find a game somewhere. MLB.com, TV, whatever. Last night, no baseball. And prime night, and I know people are, uh, you know, Rob Manfred, man, you've got to change this playoff format. And he's right that you've got such a short, small sample. You can't overreact. You can't say, well, gee, the Braves and the Dodgers got knocked off. Mets got knocked off last year. All these 100-win teams, the Orioles, didn't make it to the next round. There's something wrong. And yet, last year, a lot of those teams did make it to the last next round. So, do you say, well, last year was the anomaly, and this year is what really is going on? And I'm I'm hearing these excuses, well, baseball is a game that's played every day. You get five days off, you get rusty. And I would accept that excuse for the first game of the series. Makes sense. You know, you're used to playing every day. You got five days off. All right, you're a little bit out of your rhythm. Brian Snitker, the manager of the Braves, said, well, you know, we did have scrimmages. We did play games, simulated games against our own guys. But we weren't exactly sitting around eating bonbons. I wonder when that expression came into use, eating bonbons. But. It, it didn't work. All right, you lose the first game. They won the second game. They had some momentum going into Philly. And then the Philly demolished them. And how do you figure Cunha, the MVP most likely, two hits during the whole series, all the big home run hitters, the Braves, what, 307 home runs for the whole season, and they hit three in the playoffs? The Phillies. I mean, you see guys hitting two home runs a game. Crazy stuff. And and predictable. Well, Philly beat them last year. So you have a bit of a trend going here. The only thing I would change on the in the short term is reseeding after the first round because Frankly, to see the Dodgers play the D-backs, who they play, what, 13 times during the year because they're in the same division, and the Braves playing the Phillies again in a short series, teams are familiar with each other, you know, we've seen enough of that. I I know you want to go back to the thrilling days of yesteryear when the Yankees and Red Sox would meet in the playoffs, great, but... Basically, I think you don't want to see the same teams play each other again and again and again and again. Um, you know, I guess there's a rivalry between the Braves and the Phillies, I suppose. Mets and the Phillies, you know, all that kind of stuff. But we'll save that for the later rounds no. instead of at this point. You know, make it in the NLCS or the ALCS if both teams <clears> have <throat> the right to be there. But uh, that's that's basically the only change I would make. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I were king, if I were the commissioner, what I would like to do is expand the first couple of rounds. In other words, instead of best of three for the wild card round, make it best of five. And then best of seven the rest of the way. Ooh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, you know, you're you're giving a bigger buy to the, the first-place teams. That's no good. Well, now what's the difference between being out five days and being out seven days? Or you could figure some way to get them involved in the early rounds. You know, the buy was supposed to be a benefit to the team. Hey, you know, you're beat up, you can rest, you can get your pitching rotation lined up so you got your best guys going in the first game. You heal all those little cuts and bruises and nicks and knocks and all that kind of stuff. It's supposed to be an advantage. And now we're turning it into a disadvantage. So I don't. I don't think that's a big deal. Now, if you do that, okay, you're going to push the playoffs into November. Well, we've done that already. And the obvious solution to that is to cut the schedule down to 154 games. Like it used to be many moons ago, coaches. Uh, that would make a lot of sense in that you know, the April games, September games for teams that are out of it, you know, ballparks are empty, nobody's really into it. Yeah, you're getting a look at some of the young guys, but you could do that anyway. 154 games, start the playoffs early, early, earlier, and, yeah, reach into November a little bit. And frankly, you know, Rob Manfred and everybody in the world knows that playoffs are where the money is. The networks are paying big money for the playoffs, not necessarily for the regular season games. And what baseball has done by expanding the playoffs like they have has made the regular season almost meaningless. And this is contrary to what baseball was for 150 years before they started this playoff thing. You know, baseball used to be best team in the American League, played the best team in the National League. That was it for the World Series. Well, economically, that doesn't work anymore. I'm not suggesting we go back to that. But, and this should be heartening for the Mets and Yankees at this point, that just get into the playoffs, man. You know, three of the four teams that are in the playoffs now in the AL and NLCS are wild card teams. Teams that under the very old format would not have made it. You had a 90-win Philly team knocking off a 104-win Atlanta team. So, uh, Dodgers, the same deal with Arizona. Arizona barely squeaks in and they're in the uh, NLCS now. So, in the end there's a wildcard team regular team and, and 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 we're saying now that it's a disadvantage to win your division because you get the bye it's crazy you know you get the reward you get for winning your division and having a great record is you get some time off which most people would say hey great i get a little not vacation but i get a little time where i don't have to play competitive ball And yet, it turns into a disadvantage. And if you don't believe that, look at golf, all right? The Ryder Cup. Europeans played tournament golf right up until the time of the wild. The Ryder Cup. Americans had basically five weeks off between the end of the season tournaments, you know, to determine the FedEx Cup winner, and the Ryder Cup. So they were playing golf, but they weren't playing competitive golf, and that's different, of course. So maybe this buy situation—you got to figure some way. What, scrimmages. I mean, do you do? You, if you're the Braves, do you say, "Hey Mets, you know, you want to try out some of your guys, some of your kids that you looked at at the last part of the season? Send them down to Atlanta, all expenses paid." Put together a team of young guys and maybe a couple of uh, veterans who'd like to make a couple of extra bucks. And we'll have some exhibition games. They don't have to be televised. They can be like scrimmages. They can be six-inning games. But just something to keep the competitive juices flowing. How about something like that? Oh, that would be collusion. <laughs> so I mean, we got, we got to figure a way around this. But in the end... And and the funny thing is you know you watch tennis tournaments US Open and everything and when the highly seeded players get upset early on the fans are root, root, rooting for the underdog hey we want to see the kid that nobody knew of from Queens beat the number 1 seed we want to see that in the early rounds and then you get to the later rounds, and the number one seed isn't there, and the kid from Queens goes out in the next round, and you're faced with basically two unknowns in the semis or in the finals, and you go, oh, uh, God, I paid a lot of money for these tickets to see your great player's play, and they're not playing. So you can't have your cake and eat it, too. You want to see upsets? Well, in baseball, you got upsets. Diamondbacks, really? You know, the— we base the Diamondbacks on what the Mets did to the Diamondbacks, for the most part, unless you're a, a D-back fan or a fan of the game so much that you just stay up all night and watch baseball. So, you know, we saw the Diamondbacks in what seven games against the Mets, and the Mets dominated them. You know, went out to Arizona and and beat them in a series, and you thought, oh, the Mets are on their way. Hmm, not really but they seem to be a very vulnerable team, and yet they're in the NLCS. And I don't give them much of a chance against the Phillies, really, but they didn't give them much of a chance against the Dodgers, and they beat them. So who knows what's going to happen with them. But they're the little engine that could and a team I'm going to root for because the Phillies are the Mets' rivals. They don't like each other, and yeah the Phillies go, yeah, yeah, we beat the Braves, but we hate the Mets. And the Mets up until very recently dominated the Phillies during the regular season. Go figure. So we have the crazy world of baseball continuing, and uh you know there's a couple of days off and we'll start start getting the series here and figure out the schedules and the way they've distributed the games and everything. And uh, you know, I'm expecting most of you not to watch much. And frankly, am I going to watch every game every minute? No, I'm not. And I love baseball. It's my favorite sport. But I don't have any rooting interest here. Yeah, you know, if the Phillies win, all right, they go to the World Series again. I'm not going to be happy watching them parade down Broad Street or wherever they're going to be if they win. But, you know one night of games during the regular season, they they deserve it if they can beat the Diamondbacks. So <laughs> there you go. And like I say, it should be heartening for Mets and Yankees fans because you look at it and you go, geez, you know, the American League, the big bad Orioles, the Rays, they're gone. They're done. So you don't necessarily have to be, if you're the Yankees, better than the Orioles, better than the Rays. You just get in the playoffs, and somebody else could knock them off for you. And you don't even have to play them. And in a short series, you might even be able to beat them, even if you're technically not as good a team. And that's the whole thing with a regular season. That's why I, I kind of mourn for the old days when not that many teams got in, because 162 games and you win 104, That's that's an accomplishment. You win 90, okay, you're a little bit better than average. But that 90-win team is playing in the NLCS and probably going to play in the World Series. And if the Diamondbacks get in, it's a team winning even fewer games. So let's translate this to the locals now. The Yankees had their meetings, and Hal Steinbrenner characterized them as heated. And uh, things got a little loud at times. But it was civil, <laughs> so so what do we take from that? It means yeah, that Brian Cashman didn't call call each other names, you know. They didn't say you S O B, you M F, you. You know, they didn't do that. They didn't resort to that. But they did have a heated discussion. Fingers were pointed, apparently. And what does this mean? Well, the columnists, the people who heard Hal Steinbrenner talk to him on or off the record said, well, uh, probably not going to make a lot of changes. But you know, Aaron Judge had his say. and Garrett Cole had his say. And they're going to evaluate that and say, okay, what did we do wrong? And it could come down to strength and conditioning to avoid some of these injuries. It could come down to discipline. It could come down to approach, although it doesn't seem to be leaning that way, does it? You know, instead of trying to hit the, you know, five-run home run and swinging with launch angles and all of that, maybe just taking one and hit to right, no, no. We're still going to bring in those big, meaty home run hitters instead of the guys that just get on base and steal bases and make things happen. And, and to those of us on, on the observing side looking at the Yankees, that's what they need. They need guys to get on base. They need guys who can hit situationally, who aren't going to swing for the fences with runners on second and third when a ground ball to the right side will score one run, maybe two, instead of striking out and leaving those runners stranded. All these little things that we see that, I don't know, the analytics say no. Well, there has to be a bit of a balance, and they have to change that. As far as the Mets go, yeah, get Yamamoto. Get the Japanese pitcher and bring in a couple of reliable arms that you can count on to be four or five starters and give Peterson and McGill and guys like that a chance in spring training. And if they don't make it, they're depth pieces. And you've got a team that can be, as they say, competitive. And if competitive means winning 86 games and squeaking into the playoffs, well, but I've been ranting about for the last 15 minutes. You get in, you got a shot. And if you can line up your pitching staff, and if you are not injured, And I I point to the Braves and the Dodgers there where they had injuries to their starting rotation and didn't have guys at full strength. Morton didn't even pitch for the Braves. And you look at what the Dodgers sent out in the second game after Kershaw bombed, and you go, well, if they, they were healthy and they had all their guys, Dodgers would have been formidable, but they weren't. And the crazy thing is, the injuries to the Braves were the pitching staff, right? They didn't have their guys at full strength. And yet, what killed them is they didn't hit. They had that formidable lineup, you know, one through nine. Yeah, every Michael Harris, two, hitting ninth. Ninth. This guy, rookie of the year last year. And they couldn't scratch out runs, and they blame that, oh, geez, you know, Strider wasn't great. Well, he was, he was fine, did his job. But when you score one run, you're not going to win too many playoff games. So, in the end, a lot of it has to do with health. And, you know, maybe if you're the Braves, and I guess they did do this. You take your foot off the accelerator the last month of the season. You, you finished 14 games ahead of the Phillies. So, you really need to even play your top players the last month. Oh, but wait a minute, Richard. You're contradicting yourself. You're saying that guys being off for a long period of time might not be a good thing, and yet you're suggesting that in September, they relax those guys. Well, yeah, pitch them for five innings. (laughs) Actually, they do that anyway with the starters, but you know what I'm saying. Basically... Take your foot off the accelerator if you've got a big lead like that. I don't know the answer. You know, we, we, we are basically reverse engineering this. We're taking the results of the playoffs where the Braves were disappointing, the Dodgers were disappointing. We go to the American League, the Baltimore Orioles, Tampa Bay Rays were disappointing. We're saying, well, why? What happened? And it's just that, as Billy Bean once said, the playoffs are a crapshoot. You know, a team can get hot. Pitcher can get hot. Could Oral Hershiser back in 88? Anything can happen. And is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Well, do we want to see a predictable where the favorites always win? No, I don't think so. I think we want to see upsets. We want to see upstarts. We want to see the little engine that could Those teams that uh, nobody respected. Hey, everybody said we were lousy. Well, look what we did. (laughs) Well, pound our chest. We proved it. You want to see that once in a while. But as a matter of course, every year, do you want to see the big guys get knocked off when they play great all year and they look like a juggernaut? I mean, I will admit to some bias here because in the National League, Obviously, the local team, the Mets, a team you want to root for. But once they're gone, you know, who who do I root for? Well, I go back to my youth many, many years ago, and I was a Braves fan. You know, when I lived in a, you know, down in Lynchburg, Virginia, from part of my youth, we didn't have the Mets then. They didn't even exist. You know, the Braves, they were the team. They were playing in Milwaukee even. They weren't even in Atlanta. But they were against the Yankees in the World Series, fifty-seven, fifty-eight. So I became a Braves fan, Hank Aaron fan. Thought he was the greatest player ever. Still do. So, you know, you look at that and you go, oh, yeah, all right, so I'm rooting for the Braves the rest of the way. And they deserve it. They were the best team in the National League. They were a juggernaut. And yet, they're playing golf today. All right, let's open up the phones. 877
0: Be right back.